listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of ACB Advocacy Update. This is Claire Stanley, the Advocacy and Outreach Specialist here at the American Council of the Blind. And Clark Rockfall, ACB's Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs. Thank you to everyone who is streaming, listening, downloading, and of course subscribing via your favorite podcast player as well as everyone listening over ACB Radio. You can find out more about the American Council of the Blind at acb.org. And thank you to Sprint Nextel for underwriting this podcast and all ACB podcasts now through the end of 2020. Yes, thank you very much. So... Uh, we are excited to talk today um, to several guests. I feel like we've been really fortunate to have lots of awesome guests the last several weeks now. Um, so today we have three guests that we're going to talk to um, all about voting. Clark, did you know that we're voting this year? There seems to be a, a lot of voting and voter fever in the air, Oh, I like that fever, voting fever. Um, yeah, so today we're specifically going to talk about a coalition that ACB has the great fortune to be a part of in this coalition, um, and you will find out more very soon as we start to talk to our guests, um, but it's a coalition of other organizations, disability advocacy organizations, because as I always say, two voices are louder than one, two, three are louder than two, and so on and so forth. So we're going to talk to some other uh, advocacy organizations that are part of this coalition that we're part of um, that's doing some pretty cool work. And Claire, in these conversations, um, you, you speak with some of the other organizations, and we might as well just tee them up now. So we have Maria Town, yep. uh, who is the president of the American Association of People with Disabilities, AAPD. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, who else are you talking with this? Uh, the first person we're going to speak with is Sarah Blahovic from uh, the National Council on Independent Living, or NICL for short. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last um, awesome guest we'll have today is Jack Rosen from the National Disability Rights Network, or NDRN. So pretty, pretty cool slate of people. And this podcast is airing on September 17th, just a few days before uh, what's commonly referred to as National Voter Registration Day. Yep, September 22nd, yep. And that's really what we're trying to highlight here is just voters becoming more engaged and more educated on the voting process, uh, making a plan to vote, right, Claire? Exactly. Um, you know, I like to think that you can wake up on November 3rd, get out of bed, go and vote. But unfortunately, as we've learned, um, there are so many variables that you have to deal with these days. So we're telling people make a plan, um, get ready, know what you're going to do, whether you vote today or vote on November 3rd. And no matter what form you're going to use to vote, start making a plan. And I don't remember who said it, so I'll just steal it and use it as my own. November 3rd, it's election day, but it it is the last day mm. that you are able to vote. Uh, many jurisdictions allow remote absentee voting or even early voting in person. In Virginia, it's 45 days in advance of November 3rd. Mm. So really become a, aware of your local jurisdiction, when and where you can vote, and keep that in mind. Election day is the last day that is possible for That's you to vote. That's not fair. In Maryland, we only get something like eight or nine days ahead of voting, of November 3rd to vote. So I'm jealous. Well, Claire, I think that you should write a letter 
and maybe share that with advocacy at acb.org. I like it. I thought you were going to say write a letter and send it directly to Governor Hogan. That too. That too. (laughs) And your members of Congress and your state and local representatives. There we go. That is a perfect example of how we as Americans can advocate for the things we want. So use that as a lesson learned, everybody. Um, So we will stop rambling on because we could do that for all, all day if we really wanted to. So we'll take a pause here and jump in with our first guest um, from the National Council on Independent Living, Sarah Blahovic. Hey, everybody. It's Claire. So we are back. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed the intro. And now we're going to speak with our first guest of the day. Really excited. We have three awesome guests as we talked about and we are going to talk to our first. So today we have Sarah Blahovic from the National Council on Independent Living um, to talk to us a little bit about this awesome coalition that ECB is now part of to um, advocate for voting rights. As we know, this is an election year. Voting is very hot, and we want to make sure that uh, persons with disabilities have the right to vote. But as we keep saying in our coalition, this issue is not going to go away after November. Uh, We live in a democracy where we want to make sure we always have the right to vote. So this is a coalition that's not going away after November. It's something that ACB is very excited to continue to be a part of for years and years to come. Um, So, Sarah, do you want to go ahead and quickly introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Uh, so um, I am the civic engagement and voting right orga- uh, excuse me, voting rights organizer for the National Council on Independent Living. It's a very long title. Um, I like it. Yeah. Title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We it used to just be voting rights organizer, but we kind of expanded um, beyond just voting rights in the work that I do. So I work across the civic engagement spectrum um, on voting, of course, and voting accessibility, um, getting out the vote, or GOTV. Um, And I also work on other aspects related to civic participation, such as um, campaign accessibility for for political Mm -hmm. campaigns and running a campaign training program for people with disabilities called Elevate. Uh, So we kind of fall into, uh, again, the the whole spectrum of civic engagement. Obviously, this year, we're very focused on the upcoming election. Um, there's, There's always a lot to do. I think people think that the work around voting rights kind of drops off um, after elections, but that's whenever some of the, some of the best work gets done. Um, so, you know, constantly working on that goal. That's great. Uh, do you have any, just curious, do you have background in this sphere? Or how did you fall into it? Um, so I actually um, was working, I was, I got out of college and I was working in an administrative job um, and I hadn't really identified as a person with a disability. Um, I had an acquired disability. I, I got a chronic Ill- illness at the age of 15 um, And so I was in a very medicalized community that didn't really recognize Mm -hmm. that as a disability until I kind of was trying to figure out what I wanted to do after college. I went into international studies, which I can't really travel because of my chronic illness. (laughs) Um, And so I was getting to know the disability community and I'm really interested in politics. And I found it really interesting that there wasn't um, really any data on people with disabilities and how we vote um, at at, like the major research institutions. So I um, 
got really into that and ended up meeting Jim Dixon uh, through some of the work I was doing with trying to get uh, Pew Research Center to uh, at least put tags on data related to people with disabilities. And while I was unsuccessful in that attempt, um, Jim and I ended up working together. I started working with the Nickel Voting Rights Subcommittee um, and then, you know, got really involved in that and took a leap of faith kind of quit my my other job and a couple months later ended up working for nickel um and that was about right before the 2016 election uh so uh with the exception of a six-month leave of absence i just got back from for political consulting um i've been here for over four years now that's amazing what a great story i love that Uh, many of our listeners i'm sure know jim dixon he's a great great friend in the blind community so that's that's great that you have that connection so great. Um, so you kind of touched upon it a little bit already, but what are some of the voting projects that Nickel specifically, the National Council on Independent Living, Nickel, for those who don't know the the shorthand, uh, what are some of the things that Nickel is doing surrounding voting? Um, so we work uh, a lot with folks like ACB to uh, work on voting accessibility. So making sure that people who need accessible voting equipment at the polling place can um, have access to that equipment. Um, We worked with um, ACB and some other organizations to get legislation passed in West Virginia um, that would allow for remote voting for people Mm -hmm. with disabilities. And that was earlier this year. And I, um, you know, this kind of ties into some of the other work we're doing um, in in terms of the partnerships for the National Coalition for Accessible Voting, which we'll get to talk about. Um, But we do a lot of advocacy around things like um, making sample ballots accessible. That's one of the biggest things that I actually started working on four years ago um, was the issue of sample ballots not being screen reader accessible. Um, We do work around getting out the vote um, and letting our partner or our membership organizations, Centers for Independent Living, know how they can be involved as nonprofit community uh, resources in things like getting out the vote and nonpartisan voter registration. Um, So so we do a number of things along those lines, like produce toolkits for them. We are coming out with a voter registration toolkit to encourage them to get their consumers to register to vote. Um, and yeah, so we kind of work across a bunch of different areas there. Uh, we work very closely with the Election Assistance Commission on um, accessibility, and we received a an award in 2019 for a toolkit we produced on um, election website accessibility. So uh, we, we cover a lot of issues related to voting accessibility for, for the cross-disability community. So not just, um, you know, blind folks and, and folks with low vision, but um, the deaf community, uh, people with physical disabilities, we, we try to cover, um, you know, cross-disability issues. That's great. Yeah. I'm sure all of our listeners are nodding when you talk about the work you do with accessible websites, because that is forever a thorn in our side. So thank you for the work you guys have done. That's really important. So um, great. Well, I'd love to hear what you guys are doing. Um, 
So you talked a little bit about the National Coalition on Accessible Voting, or NCAV, which is, you know, kind of the main reason why we are bringing you here today, as well as Maria and Jeff, because all of our organizations are part of this coalition. And I love coalitions, kind of like you were saying, you know, it's as we work together for all disability communities, we can have a louder voice and make a bigger difference. So um, Kelly Buckland from NCIL, from Nickel, I should say, the, who you work for or with, um, was kind of one of the driving forces behind the coalition. Can you talk a little bit about what the coalition is, why it was developed, kind of the, the genesis, I guess, of the coalition? Yeah, yeah. So um, the National Coalition for Accessible Voting um, was really created to bring uh, different organizations representing the disability community together to work on common goals uh, to make voting more accessible for people with disabilities. As you probably know, there's really no one-size-fits-all solution for voting. Um, for sure. Whenever yeah. it comes to uh, people with disabilities, you know, there's there's a lot of different needs and, and barriers whenever it comes to voting. Um, so it's bringing together as many organizations as we can from the community. Um, that includes cross-disability organizations like NICL and the American Association of People with Disabilities and um, more, you know, specifically focused on certain groups like ACB, uh, United Spinal, um, a bunch of, you know, different organizations representing the disability community. Um, I think we're near about 20 official and unofficial members at this point. That's great. Yeah. 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 And we're, we're always, of course, looking for other organizations to, to join uh, because we really think that it's important to have as many perspectives from the community as possible and make sure that this is really inclusive. Um, so trying to work on, you know, common goals related to accessibility, and we'll get into some of the work that's being done on that, and also work out some of the issues um, and some of the kind of tensions uh, whenever it comes to accessibility and issues like election security. And so making sure that we can, you know, balance those things and make sure that everyone has a secure, private, and independent vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those are the magic words. We love to hear those. Those are so important. Yeah. Great. Um, so you, you kind of started to allude to some of the projects that we've done. I know we've only been around for, it's all a blur now since COVID had started, but the, the coalition's been meeting for several months now, and we've done so much. Um, but can you talk about some of the projects? I know, for instance, we're working on one project right now. Um, that's kind of near and dear to my heart about kind of a how-to voters packet. Can you talk mm-hmm. about some of those projects? Yeah, yeah. So I um, I only got back from my leave of obs- uh, absence in August, uh, but since then we have been really leaned in on the issue of um, changes to the U.S. Postal Service. Um, so there have been issues with delays that impact people with disabilities, not just as we talk about an election where a lot of people are thinking about doing absentee or mail and voting, um, including people with disabilities who um, may not be able to go to the polling place because they are at higher risk, um, but making sure that, um, you know, it's it's important for people who receive their medications and medical supplies. So we wrote um, a letter to the Senate on um, the how these delays impact people with disabilities and our concerns, and we have been um, still engaged in that, um, you know, individual organizations and the coalition as well um, as that issue continues to um, develop and 
possibly impact the 2020 election. Um, we are also right now um, very excited to be working on a voting plan. Um, so obviously this election is kind of unprecedented in how we've had to pivot uh, from largely voting in person to um, having to worry about coronavirus concerns um, when voting in person or mailing your ballot uh, or doing early voting. Um, so we want to provide to people with disabilities a way to really plan your vote um, so that you can vote early or as, as early as you would like to and have a plan in place. Um, coronavirus impacts things like the way we get transportation to go to the polling place or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, of course, the delays with the Postal Service are making people worried that their ballots won't be um, received in time. So we are currently developing, uh, we have a working group within NCA um, and we're developing a voting plan that walks people, of course, through um, making sure that they're registered and checking to make sure that their registration is accurate. Um, the different options for voting, um, looking at kind of the main three of absentee or mail-in um, in-person early voting and in-person voting on election day and giving them resources to find out about what the rules are in their state and what the options are for them to vote um, through each of those means um, and choose which one is the right way to vote for them. Um, And then planning their vote, whether that's thinking about, you know, do they need someone to assist them as, um, you know, filling out a ballot or as a witness for a mail-in ballot? Do they need to plan um, to get transportation to the polling place? Um, you know, do what day do they want to go vote if they're going to do early voting? Um, and then, of course, giving them information and resources if they experience any barriers or have any questions about voting. So right now we're working on, on pulling that together, and I think we really want to get it out for National Voter Registration Day, which is on the 22nd. Um, and we're trying to make it as accessible as possible, both in terms of, you know, folks who use screen readers and cognitive accessibility. Uh, making sure that the information that we link to in the document is accessible as well. Um, so we're hard at work on trying to pull that together right now um, and really excited to hopefully see this, you know, this is a starting point and we're trying to get it out for this election, but we really think this could be a framework to build on for future elections and for specific disability communities to get the information that they need in the format that they need to plan their vote every time. Yeah, I think that's such a good point because we're learning this election for better or for worse. We are realizing that we need to know what our game plan is, that you know, you can't just wake up on November 3rd and go vote, that you really have to know what you're going to do. So resources like this are so, so important. So uh, ACV is really excited to see um, what this is going to look like. Yeah. I can say, too, to our listeners, um, before Sarah was back in August, um, some of the different things that the coalition were working on were a lot of different letters to various federal agencies as well as congressional offices. Um We have a pretty good uh, relationship with the Election Assistance Commission, EAC. You know, of course, we always want it to be more fruitful, but we do have our foot in the door. So we've had communications with them, as well as a lot of congressional letters that have gone out. So constantly, you know, running, running as fast as we can to get communications out there. So that's some of the other stuff we've done. 
Um, great. Well, is there anything else that you feel like our listeners should know, Sarah, about what our coalition is doing and about the voting uh, process in general as we, you know, we say as the general election is coming up in less than two months now, but like we've both pointed out, voting is not going away after after November. We're going to continue on doing what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would I would definitely say, you know, this is this is something where we want people to remain engaged and not kind of drop off after the election. I know there there's often some fatigue after the election, yeah. and I'm sure that's going to be the case this year as we talk about mail in voting and um, and early voting and all these different options. But a lot of the really important advocacy towards long term changes in the voting process happens in uh, quote unquote quote, off years. I mean, certain states, I live in Virginia, we don't have off years. We always have a local election or a state election going on. Um, So, you know, making sure that you just stay engaged and understand that the voting advocacy, um, it really is something that has to happen all year round every year. Um, And hopefully we can continue to make those changes. And we certainly need support from the disability community um, and, and to to hear from the community about what uh, your needs and priorities are um, so we can more effectively advocate. Um, and I just want to let people know the, um, the coalition does have a voting. It's N, uh, it's, I'm sorry, it does have a website. Um, it is ncavoting.org. Um, we just got this up and um, so far we just have kind of basic information on it about our purpose and um, some of the, the work we are, are doing and um, of course our members. Um, but we'll hopefully be populating that with more information. Um, of course, links to the voting plan once we have that available. Um, so if you want to visit that, that again is ncavoting.org. And we'll make sure that we get that linked on ACB's voting page. So we've talked about it before, but if you go to um, acb.org slash voting, we have our toolkit and we'll make sure that we have a link to the NCAV website as well. So everybody can benefit from all the resources that are out there. Great. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Um, I know I've learned a lot already today just talking to you. So I hope our listeners uh, gained a lot um, from learning what what Nichols doing and what the coalition is doing. And um, I know I've said it before, but I love that we work with all kinds of different disability advocacy groups because, you know, two voices are louder than one and so on and so forth. So thank you so much for what you guys are doing. Thank you for having me. Great. Um, So everybody uh, hold on for a second and we'll be back with our next guest, uh, Maria Town from AAPD. We are Friends in Art. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. We sing, compose songs and poems, play musical instruments, read and write books, paint pictures, and take photographs. We are playwrights, potters, sculptors, weavers, and storytellers. We are members of the audience and patrons of art museums. We celebrate beauty in all that surrounds us. We are friends in art. Join us in the art parlor for stimulating interviews, thoughtful conversations, and the latest art-related information beginning each Saturday at 8 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream. Awesome. So welcome back to the next portion of our podcast. It was really great to talk to Sarah from uh, Nickel and hear a little bit about 
kind of what the genesis of the coalition was and the work that Nickel continues to do. But now we have another great guest to talk to. Um, so I always like to have people introduce themselves because I feel like they do a far better job than I ever could do. So Maria Town from AAPD, do you mind telling us kind of in a nutshell who you are, where you're coming from? Sure. Uh, Claire, thank you so much for having me on the advocacy update, the American Council of the Blind does such important work, particularly around um, voting, and it's a real honor to be here. My name is Maria Town, and I am the president and CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities. Um, I live in Washington, D.C., but I'm originally from southeast Louisiana, and uh, since today's uh, conversation focuses on voting, Instead of giving you like a list of former positions as a bio, I will say um, that I, you know, while I currently uh, live in a place where it's been very easy for me to vote, I've previously lived in places where it was very, very difficult um, for me to vote because I'm, I'm sure, like many of the folks listening to this update, um, I don't drive and I don't have a driver's license and I previously lived in Texas. Um, where they want you to ha specifically have a Texas driver's license to vote. And every single time I tried to vote, they tried to tell me that I could not. Um, wow. The, yes, there was uh, one time where they'd already given me a slip to vote and then told me, oh, wait, you can't. And then when I said, okay, I'll come back with an electricity bill to prove my, my residence here, they were like, but wait, we can't issue you a new, uh, a new ticket. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been... Uh, I, I am quite quite privileged in a, in a number of ways, and um, voter voter identification laws have really thrown me through a loop personally. Mm. So. Well, it sounds like you have the personal experience to get you really fired up then about these issues. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, so thank you for that background. You said you were the president and CEO of uh, AAPD. Um, you said the whole name. I always joke that I can never get AAPD out without tripping over my tongue. Um, do you mind telling us kind of a little bit about what um, the American Association of People with Disabilities is, what your kind of mission or goal is, and what you guys are all about? Sure. Um, so the American Association of People with Disabilities, AAPD, is a national cross-disability civil rights organization. Um, so by cross-disability, we, we do not focus on a particular uh, disability experience or identity. We instead um, you know, work on building the power of the cross-disability rights movement. That's and awesome. um, you know, we are two of our primary goals are building the political and economic power of people with disabilities, which is one of the reasons that civic engagement and voting is so important to us. Mm. That's great. It must be working on the political side of things. It must be especially interesting world to be in right now with the general election coming up in just two months. Yeah. I mean, less than two months. Um, and, you know, I think the timeline around this election in November of 2020 is actually um, really different than any election we've seen before. We can say less than two months, but, on you know, ballots were already sent out in North Carolina last week. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people could be voting right now. And I, I just want to say that it is critical um, for anyone who is voting absentee or using vote by mail to uh, check your registration um, request your ballot if you have to and, and get your ballot in as early as possible 
to make sure that it's counted. Yeah, thank you for, for stating that. We keep emphasizing that over and over again, especially because voting, like you gave it the perfect example for you, Maria, how difficult voting can be for all kinds of reasons. And we keep hearing from our members things like absentee voting isn't accessible for our members. And so figuring out what your plan is, how you're going to vote, what you're going to do, um, because of all those unfortunate obstacles or barriers, it's so important to, to start to figure out now, even in early September, how you're going to vote and how you're going to do it. So yeah, thank you for, for emphasizing that. Yeah, and I'm going to emphasize one other thing, Claire. You said unfortunate obstacles, and I just want to point out that it's, it has nothing to do with fortune. Um, these, these systems are often explicitly designed to mm. exclude people. Um, and, you know, it, I, I've mentioned Texas, I'm originally from Louisiana. In my home state, uh, just probably a month ago, they were trying to, you know, reduce the capacity to vote by mail at a time when so many people need to vote absentee or in a, um, a kind of less populated setting due to concerns around COVID. So, yeah, this, this, is, this has nothing to do with chance. It has everything to do with discrimination and disadvantage. Yes. Thank you. That's so well put. Thank you for, for emphasizing that. We appreciate that. So AAPD is part of something called the Rev Up uh, pro Project, right? Can you tell us what that is and what it's all about and what you guys are doing? Yeah, so Rev Up stands for Register, Educate, Vote, Use Your Power. And mm -hmm. it was uh, started um, by AAPD with collaboration from advocates in Texas in 2016 when people understood um, the, the necessity of building the power of the disability vote. Mm. And RevUp is really um, about getting people with disabilities registered and building our turnout at, at the polls. And that, again, looks, um, looks different this year, but through RevUp, we have a number um, up, upwards of 30 uh, different voting coalitions around the country. Um, this is, we call them RevUp coalitions, and these are groups of advocates focused on getting people with disabilities registered to vote. They work a little bit differently in, in each state. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll often organize voter registration events or um, information sessions so that people can learn what they need to do to make sure their voice is heard. Hmm. That's great. I love that. And I love the, the acronym. That's a great acronym. Yes, Reva. I did yeah. not come up with that. I wish I could take credit for it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, I think that's just so important, you know, the getting the education out there and getting people to register and that kind of thing, because it's, you know, not enough people are registered and no fault of their own. There's so many different variables out there that are hindering people from, from registering and from voting and all the different, you know, um, increments in between. So I love that you guys are working with other organizations to really um, emphasize and educate on how important that kind of thing is. So. Yeah, um, I, the, in addition to um, getting people registered, we also try to elevate um, the importance of disability issues within mm. the national dialogue around elections. So um, awesome. in collaboration with, with the National Council on Independent Living, you just heard from Sarah, um, we do our candidate questionnaire, um, we, and we are about to release... Um, or maybe when this podcast is, is out, it will be released, but an issues guide for people to talk to Senate candidates with. 
Awesome. Um, that's, you know, that's another component to building the power of the disability vote is getting candidates running for office at any level of government to recognize that our constituency is an important and powerful one. That's awesome. I um, I was talking to Clark, who you guys hear on the podcast all the time with me, that I listened in on a, a, a house hearing the other day all about voting and uh, Corona and all that kind of thing. And not one single rep talked about the impact of COVID and voting on the disability community. And how frustrating is that, you know, I would argue it disproportionately impacts our community in ways that other people aren't thinking of. And that's such a perfect example of why we need to bring these kinds of issues to the, to the attention of our representatives and in the voting space, because I want to say somehow they forgot about us, but I know why they forgot about us. We just unfortunately aren't the, the top top thing on people's minds. So I love that. That's great. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Nope, I was just saying thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the reason why all of our awesome speakers here today, I mean, of course, we want to talk about voting. We want to talk about the various projects out there that Nickel is doing, NDRN, AAPD, all these great allies that ACB works with. Um, but specifically, we're here today, like we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast for the in the intro, was that uh, ACB has the great opportunity to be part of this new coalition that's formed, um, the National Coalition on Accessible Voting, or NCAV. Um, you can check out the website. We have a link to that on our website, on the ACB website. Um, but it's a great coalition of all kinds of different disability organizations, advocacy organizations, um, you name it, it, representation from across the board, which I think is so awesome because you know, us, for instance, we know how to advocate on behalf of the blind and visually impaired, but we can't speak for everybody. So it's great to have reps from all different communities. So um, can you talk about why AAPD decided to get involved with the coalition and kind of your experience with it thus far? Sure. Um, so as I mentioned, RevUp is, is really focused on direct voter registration and engagement. Um, and what AAPD really saw as an opportunity with the Accessible um, Voting Coalition was a more um, coordinated and strategic way to um, engage in policy discussions regarding accessible voting. And um, as ACB's members are probably super familiar, um, there's a lot of tension right now between um, election security advocates and mm -hmm. uh, accessible elections advocates and yep. specifically around like absentee balloting and, and vote by mail um, for people with disabilities, you know, for so many people with disabilities, um, including blind and, and low vision people, but also people with learning disabilities, anyone who is print, otherwise print disabled, um, that's not going to be accessible. Um, and so, uh, this new coalition provides us with an opportunity to really dig deep on issues related to, uh, you know, <clears throat> electronic ballot transfer, transfer, um, and other kind of policy-focused discussions on how we actually make the system of voting more accessible across the country. Um, and it's been wonderful to get updates from groups like ACB regarding the various lawsuits that chapters are involved in and had, have had success in. Um, we've been able to, uh, 
you know, mobilize around issues regarding voter registration in nursing homes or other long-term care facilities that may have uh, restrictive visitor policies right now. Um, so it's been a, a really productive coalition for us to be a part of. And, uh, you know, I think we attended the, the first meeting and have attended everyone every week since. So, yeah. Yeah, I like, Maria, how you really emphasize that we can all share our resources because, you know, we do as much as we can, but we are, we, we always joke in ACB that our um, national office is small but mighty. And so, yeah. you know, resources are obviously limited to a certain extent. We do what we can, but when we come together and we share information and resources and ideas just makes us that much more powerful and that much louder. So it's a, it's a great coalition to be a part of. Yeah, I agree. And I, I also... You know, the issues around voting are, are, are so many, um, yes, and yeah. they can also really vary by state or locality, and so no one disability organization um, could really take on those issues in full, um, and all of us, whether it's, you know, ACB or NICL or NDRN, um, can address parts of, of each issue, and, and maybe working together, we will create a more inclusive democracy. Uh, that is so well put. I think that's something that Clark and I kind of laugh about is that, you know, laugh because you can't do anything else uh, is because, you know, the way our constitution's written, elections is dealt with at a state by state and county by county level. So sometimes it seems like we're playing whack-a-mole where you deal with one county and then suddenly another one pops up and you're trying to figure out what to do next. So um, it's so true that working together really is, you know, the only way because, you know, when you're dealing with state by state or county by county, it's, it's a lot to deal with. So. Totally. Yes. Guacamole <laughs> is an apt metaphor. <laughs> Great. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about what AAPD is doing in the voting space or any suggestions or ideas that, you know, ACB should be aware of as we continue to fight or slug through this voting, <laughs> uh, voting era? Yes. Uh, so I, I'd like to end with a few things. One, um, if you would like to get involved with Rev Up, um, please check out the AAPD website, and that's um, aapd.com, um, and you can find it under Advocacy and Voting, um, or you can reach out to me directly. My email is mtown at aapd.com. Again, that's M T O W N at aapd.com. And if there's not currently a RevUp Coalition in your state, um, maybe you can be the one who starts it. Um, I also, again, want to emphasize, uh, you know, if make your plan to vote. Um, if you are able to vote absentee electronically, you know, by, by mail, um, get your information in early. And if you're voting in person, uh, vote early. <clears throat> and finally, uh, I'll just remind folks that every year is an election year. And so mm -hmm. um, while the election in November is so important, um, there will be many elections after that. And each presents an opportunity to build the power of the disability vote and to uh, make sure that our voices are heard. Um, and so maybe you don't have capacity advocate on these issues right now, but there will be 
opportunities in the future. And I really look forward to um, working with anyone and everyone who is, is listening. So uh, register, <clears throat> educate, vote, use your power. Uh, Claire, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you, Maria. And we will make sure that we get the rev up link on our ACB voting page. That's acb.org slash voting. You guys can go to our toolkit. There's all kinds of things there. We'll make sure we get the rev up information there so you can find it easily. Uh, so thank you again, Maria. This has been great. We really appreciate it. It's great to have relationships with groups like AAPD because again, more two voices are louder than one. So we appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Stay tuned, and we will be back with our last guest of the day. Hey, everybody. So welcome back. We have our third and final guest of the day. Really excited to talk with Jack Rosen from the National Disability Rights Network, or NDRN. Uh, Jack, do you want to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Who are you? What's your title? That kind of thing. Hi, Claire. Thank you for having me. This is Jack Rosen here. I'm the National Disability Rights Network's Voter Engagement Specialist. So I've been brought on to help expand our uh, voter engagement efforts going into this election and beyond. I love your title. It's a great title. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I understand correctly, the main project you're working on is called Get Out the Vote. Uh, is that correct? So what is, I call it GOTV, what is Get Out the Vote project? Um, you know, it's kind of funny. We've used a few project titles for this, um, <laughs> but it could generally be summed up as Get Out the Vote activities. Yeah, we're trying to, you know, um, you know, in 2018, there was a 4.7% point uh, participation gap among voters with disabilities, which oh, wow. equals about 2.3 million people with disabilities, less people with disabilities showed up um, wow. if they were controlling for other demographic factors as non-disabled voters who showed up. So we're trying to get that number, uh, the gap as close to zero as possible. That's great. Great. So what are some of the things, our goals or missions of, of the project that you guys are working on? Obviously, you want to, you know, like you said, get that number down to zero. But what are, what are some of the, the other goals or sub-projects that you guys are doing through your program? Well, um, there's a few things. You know, we have partnered with uh, Power the Polls to also mm -hmm. encourage people to become poll workers because, you know, we're facing a potential shortage of poll workers. Yeah this November, and especially for voters with disabilities, this can be a real issue. You know, we need people there who know how to operate and help voters with um, the accessible equipment, for example, or any other needs that they may have. Um, in addition to that, you know, turning back a little to uh, getting out the vote, we're trying to create, you know, the representation for voters with disabilities that's often lacking, both in partisan and nonpartisan uh, get out the vote campaigns. You know, often we only see people with disabilities when in these campaigns when they're talking about something specifically related to disability or something like health care. But we're trying to show, you know, the full spectrum of reasons that people with disabilities should get out and vote. Um, for instance, 
just recently we had uh, Valerie Novak on who has um, mental and chronic illness. And she talked about how the fact that, um, you know, a lot of the policies uh, for things like, let's say, how the police respond to someone having a mental health crisis is decided at the local level. And, you know, it's important to participate in those elections so that, you know, we can find uh, candidates who will you know, make sure there are sensible solutions for people with disabilities. But we're also hoping to feature, as I said, you know, things not just connected to disability, but things that still matter in the lives of people with disabilities. For instance, soon I'm hoping to interview a young man who has a physical disability who's going to be talking about, you know, um, hunting and outdoor recreation as things oh, cool. he enjoys and policies that are important to him. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Realizing that we care about our issues as persons with disabilities, but we also care about all other issues because we're just, you know, average, average people too. I like that. Um, that's really cool that you talked about also uh, the lack of poll workers. I was just listening to um, a hearing being put on by the house about voting in the coronavirus and what we're going to do. And that exact same thought came to my mind. If we have such a lack of poll workers, are the poll workers that we're able to pull in actually going to know how to use accessible voting equipment and things like that? So, yeah, I'm glad, you know, multiple people are thinking about that because I think it's definitely going to be an issue. Uh, it definitely is. I mean, we've heard about in the news, I'm sure, you know, a lot of the more trained poll workers are older individuals, many of whom aren't necessarily comfortable going out um, and doing it this year in the middle of the pandemic. So, you know, we need to yeah. make sure there are enough poll workers and that they're adequately trained. I am happy to say that last I checked, um, Power the Polls had recruited over 300,000 individuals who signed up to be poll workers. That's so awesome. Cautiously optimistic about November. That's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing um, our listeners have, have heard from us in several podcast episodes is our um, voting toolkit we have, ACB has on our, our website. And one of the things that we've been able to do is include some of the videos that you guys at NDRN have been um, designing to get people excited about voting and that kind of thing. So can you talk a little bit about the videos that you've been um, been working on to encourage people to vote and that kind of thing? Tell us about a few of them. Sure. Well, like I just mentioned earlier, we had the one with Valerie Novak. Um, we timed that to coincide with the recent March on Washington mm -hmm. since mm -hmm. that one, you know, talked about issues of policing. But we've had other ones. Um, we had a interesting one recently with Curtis Strong, who is – um, blind and he has been a technology consultant and a um, an early computer developer since like the 70s and 80s and he talked okay. about um, the need for better accessible voting equipment mm -hmm. um, it was kind of interesting he said to a local election official out where he lives he said you know why is my iPhone better at synthesizing speech <laughs> than your expensive machine yep and uh, we've had a few others. We recently had one with a woman named uh, Diana who has Noonan syndrome who talked about her experience 
actually being a poll worker and, you know, how that enabled her to feel a little more part of her community and also to learn more about, you know, the process as a whole. Um, We've had others. We had one with someone who your listeners may know, um, Imani Barbrin, talking about, uh, you know, the the overlap between uh, disability issues and, you know, um, issues affecting the black community, for instance, Mm -hmm. and she encouraged candidates to have ASL, but to also, you know, have, um, I believe she said black ASL Mm -hmm. as well. Um, So that was a few of them. We have a few more coming out. Like I said, we have one with a young man who's going to talk about, you know, his ability and rights as a disabled, as a person with disabilities to um, hunt and enjoy outdoor recreation. Um, we have one that we're hoping to release soon um, with a professor of, or a, um, a, I believe he's an assistant professor or something of um, mathematics who is deaf talking about the issues that matter to him. Um, <laughs> And we've had a few others, you know, people with um, learning and developmental disabilities, physical. Um, so we're trying to kind of showcase both the spectrum of, you know, political beliefs and as well the spectrum of, you know, disabilities that people can have. I love that, trying to be really authentic to the diversity of people that we have here in our, in our country. That's great. Um, so it sounds like you have all kinds of cool resources. Where can people go to, to access these kinds of things? Like I said, we're trying to get links on our voting page, but where can people go and uh, find more out about Get Out the Vote and these different projects? Is there a website we can go to? Or Yes, there is. I'm glad you asked. There is um, www.voterswithdisabilities.org. That's www.voterswithdisabilities.org. That's a new um, microsite we launched. Um, when you go there, it'll redirect you to our main site. It's just a link that's easier to remember and share. Um, in addition, you know, you can check us out on social media where we're posting all the videos on Facebook. That's National Disability Rights Network or at NDRN Advocates. And on Twitter, that is... To tell you the truth, something I'm looking up right now. Um, it is at NDRN Advocates, all one word on Twitter. And to our listeners, we will make sure we put links to this on the uh, description of this episode so you guys can have easy access to those as well. So, yeah, great. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you feel our members of ACB should know about um, just the get out the vote um, campaign or anything that NDRN is doing. Um, we're really excited. Kind of the the theme of this episode of our podcast is how we're working with different organizations to um, get ex- get people excited about voting, making sure people know about their rights to voting and how it can be accessible and those kinds of things. So is there anything else you feel that our members should know about as they go into the election season? Well, just, you know, if you run into problems at the polling place, whether it's, you know, issues with filling out your ballot or a lack of accessible equipment or anything, you know, be sure to contact your local PNA so that, uh, you know, every state and U.S. territory has one. 
um, and be sure to contact them so that they can help, you know, resolve these issues and make sure you're able to exercise your right to vote. That's such a great suggestion. We've had at the National ACB office, we've worked really well with a lot of the state PNAs, for instance, in the West Virginia and Virginia um, advocacy projects we did to get um, accessible absentee voting. We partnered with the PNA in both states. So if you guys need help accessing or contacting any of those PNAs, we'd be happy to help you guys find those phone numbers. So thank you for that suggestion, Jack. That's a great, great resource. Uh, well, thank you so much for talking to us. Um, we had a really great time first talking to Sarah, then Maria, and now talking to Jack. We are just so appreciative um, for the resources all of you guys have brought to the table for us. Um, hold on for just a second, and we will be back with Clark to close up today. Claire, those were some, some pretty awesome interviews that you had there with Sarah, Maria, and Jack. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Some really cool, um, cool advocates in their own right doing some really great work. You know, we heard about things like the coalition we're part of, NCAV, as well as programs like Get Out the Vote and the Rev Up Project. Um, some really great things that I love that ACB can be associated with. So, um, you know, the disability community is doing a lot to make sure that people are registered to vote, know how to vote, have resources to go out and vote. Um, and then come November 3rd, either we'll vote that day or have voted even before that. So some great work all three orgs are doing. And Claire, as you mentioned, rev up, get out the vote. We'll be sure to include links to those campaigns along with this podcast in the liner notes. Also, Jack Rosen talking about the work of NDRN yep. and the protection and advocacy agencies in each of the 50 states, including the territories. Um, what were some of the things that stood out to you um, that these organizations are doing or the work that the coalition's doing? Um, I love the work that the coalition is doing because they're doing a lot of work now for the 2020 election. Um, but as we talked about with both Maria and Sarah, we're not going to stop when November 3rd comes and goes. Voting is something that our country will be doing, God willing, um, for the rest of our existence. And so voting is something that we're going to continue to advocate for to make it accessible. So our coalition that we're part of, NCAV, is not going away. Um, and we're not going to stop working on these issues because, like Maria said, you know, between the presidential elections, we have local elections, whether it be, you you know, at the lowest, you know, town or city level all the way up to the presidential election. Um, so I think that was a really good takeaway from Maria that we're going to continue to advocate because no election is unimportant and we're going to make sure that they're accessible for every level. That is a great point, Claire. And our, our affiliates and members have been very active and engaged on this issue, uh, affecting positive change in their local and state jurisdictions for the upcoming fall election. But we also know that no system is perfect and there still needs to be plenty more work um, that there is to be done so that everyone has access to an accessible form of voting and not just voting when they're filling out their ballot, but registering, um, applying to receive an absentee ballot or getting to the polls in person. We want to make sure that whole process is as, is as accessible as possible uh, for people and that they have the options that best suit their needs. 
And like Jack um, made, and I know Clark's already referenced it, but like Jack said in his closing remarks, if you have any issues with any of that from soup to nuts, as I often call it, you can contact your protection and advocacy office because they are actually charged with the responsibility of making sure that all Americans have access to what they need to vote. Um, so you can call us here at ACB and we can help you find your PNA office or it's just super easy, literally Google the name of your state in protection and advocacy and it should pop right up. Um, but we'd be happy to help with, help find that if you need it because um, they have that responsibility and we can say with great certainty that they will do everything they can to help. They're great, great organizations. And Claire, our listeners certainly know that they can go to acb.org slash voting and check out the Accessible Voting Toolkit, find yep. uh, legal background on your voting rights as a person with a disability, as well as the great advocacy work that ACB and our affiliates and members have been doing. What are some other things that folks will be able to find in the Voting Toolkit uh, coming soon here, later this month or this election season? Yeah, um, well, for instance, one of the things that we um, that I had the opportunity to speak with Sarah Blahovic about on this podcast was the, um, I forget the word she used, but I call it the how-to voting kit. Um, so it literally goes process through process from soup to nuts. If you want to vote via absentee ballot, if you need to register, if you want to go in person, it goes through the different steps and they're kind of checklists um, for you to go through so that you can make a plan. Because again, we can't overemphasize that you need to make a plan for this election. So these checklists that in this pamphlet that we're developing with NCAV will be available on our website. So you can go through that and uh, make sure from uh, point A to Z that you know what you need to do. So we really encourage you guys to, to check that out. And because it's made by people with disabilities, for people with disabilities, we promise it will be fully accessible. So definitely check that out on acb.org slash voting. And we'll be sure to share that with everyone once it is ready for prime time. So. And we are very eager to get it out soon. So it should be out very soon. Well, great. Claire, thank you so much for interviewing Sarah, Maria, and Jack. And again, thank you to our guests this week. Uh, please share any advocacy issues with us at advocacy at acb.org. Uh, make sure you have a plan in place to vote this fall. Again, November 3rd is the last day that it is possible to vote. And Claire, what do we always say? Keep advocating. Thanks for listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. You can reach us by emailing advocacy at acb.org. The ACB Advocacy Update is a production of the American Council of the Blind in Alexandria, Virginia. To learn more about ACB, visit us online at www.acb.org. Thank you.